Welcome to Creative City, the podcast that lets you listen in on my conversations with Cincinnati's most innovative and creative minds. Welcome to Creative City, the podcast that lets you listen in on my conversations with some of Cincinnati's most innovative and creative minds. I'm Tamia Stinson with thestylesample.com, and today I'm here with my sort of name twin, <laughs> Tamaya. I'm Tamia, she's Tamaya, guys. How you doing? I'm good, how are you? Good. Now, Tamaya is the, what was your title again? Because it was a mouthful. It is kind of very, it's very long, actually. It's a social and civic innovation specialist at Design Impact. At Design Impact, mm-hmm. yes. And what exactly does that mean? Like, tell us what 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 you actually do. So Design Impact is a design firm. Uh, we actually, it's a nonprofit design firm. So, uh, and we're actually, it is, we do design, but it's more around social justice and social change issues. So the same process that you would utilize to create an iPhone or a bottle of water, we apply those same principles, but to social justice issues and uh, from discovery to prototyping. And it's a multidisciplinary um, uh, firm. And so some people in our firm are actual branders and designers and marketers. And so with my position, they didn't have anybody in that government and uh, political uh, space. So it was actually a kind of a, a new position. So the civic innovation specialist, I'm, I'm kind of um, my job, one of my jobs, of, of one of my one of my roles of many, is to help create or spark civic engagement through design thinking. And design thinking, it's a relatively new um, uh, concept, but it's it's very powerful to watch because mm-hmm. it's one that um, really uh, emphasizes creativity and inclusion. And creativity and inclusion, not for the sake of doing it, but creativity because things should be fun. <laughs> and inclusion, because it is right to include everybody, but it's it's also the best practice to get you know all voices in the room, hear from all stakeholders, and not for the sake of just listening to them and checking a box, but actually hear about what, what's happening in their communities. If, if you're going to um, try to create or change an outcome, why wouldn't you want to talk to the people who um, it's, it's affected by or it affects the most? And so those are the two principles of design thinking. So my job, uh, among other things, is to facilitate and create design and uh, programs and teach uh, design thinking to other um, nonprofits and social service agencies and foundations. And so that's what I do. That's a lot. It's fun. <laughs> I do. Like, I think I have, like, the most amazing job yeah. in the world. I mean, it's I really do. I get to go, and, and the things that I'm passionate about, I have a, a background in politics, and um, one, of the things, one of the many things that I'm passionate about is inclusion and social justice. So I get to go to work and do those things, and I sometimes I have to pinch myself that I'm paid to actually work <laughs> around those issues that I care about. That's really cool. So I'm curious about how exactly you got to this point. Is this what you went to school for, or? Not at all. No? No. So my degree is in international business. Oh, I wanted to go to school for that. Yeah. So I, you know, I, did, I studied and I graduated from the University of Cincinnati College okay. of Business. And I did study abroad in France. Okay. And Spain. Uh, very little. Very, very little. Um, in Toulouse, France, uh, the Toulouse uh, School of Business had a partnership with the University of Cincinnati where we had uh, tuition reciprocity. Oh. So I went over and studied um, in, in France, lived with a host family. Went to school in France, which was amazing. Nice. And then they had a satellite school in Barcelona, Spain. So I got to go to Spain, uh, same school, and study there, which is very cool. Oh, that's crazy. I know, right? Okay, so tell I had me to, a little bit about Barcelona because I have never been, but it is my dream city. Barcelona is, is honestly uh, the most beautiful city I've ever seen. Okay. It, it France was my favorite. Toulouse, France was my favorite just because I lived with a host family. You got the it, experience. Yeah, I was kind of immersed uh-huh. in, in the um, French experience, but... Uh, Barcelona was, I mean, the buildings are art. 
You know, it's yeah. like everywhere you go, yeah. uh, there's a famous uh, artist, Gaudi, mm-hmm. um, there. And mm-hmm. a lot of his buildings, uh, a lot of the even, even churches and buildings are just their art. And it's beautiful to see. And you're like, no matter where you walk um, from school or back to the, in France, we live in a hotel. So on our way back to the um, hotel, I would just take different routes just to see. Just to see what all was around. I mean, it was beautiful. And the food is amazing. And so I had a great time. I'm all about eating and seeing things and art. I mean, you can't lose. And those it's on three. a beach. Like, and it's on a how is, how is that not the perfect combination? It is amazing. <laughs> I mean, I encourage anybody who, who has never, um, you know, gone to Europe, I think you should start with, with Barcelona. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you go from, I was doing that and kind of globetrotting. I did a study abroad in Guatemala. Hmm. So I thought that, you know, I wanted, when I graduated, what I was going to do was I was going to go work for the World Bank. And because I um, ah, you know, went to school, okay. study finance too. So I was going to go to, you know, work for the World Bank and I was going to be a globetrotter and I was going to do something. It's either global relationships or some sort of global, um, you know, job. But as it turns out, <laughs> um, I also have a background in real estate. Oh. Uh, ten, you know, ten, How? What? I know, right? So I, have a, <laughs> so I started working for Duke Energy uh-huh. in the real estate department after I graduated. Oh. And I thought, like, that's what I, you know, that's what I wanted to do. When you graduate from um, business school, everybody wants to find that nice Good, cushy, corporate job. And I had that, and I just felt incredibly unfulfilled in my job. I mean, I I traveled a little bit, saw a little bit, got paid quite a bit, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. And then I always had a—I always loved politics, but I never necessarily saw it as a a career. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I met a guy who told me he wanted to run for city council. Will I help him out? And I'm like, yeah, I'll stuff some envelopes and knock on some doors and pretty much thought that would be the extent of it. And uh, P.G. Sittenfeld and I— Won our first election, you know, and he was 27. Yeah. Came in second overall. We killed it. And we like, I think we have something here. <laughs> I think we need to bottle this and try to keep it going. Okay, but how did you get from, okay, I'll help you stuff envelopes to basically managing his campaign? It was it was amazing. I started, you know, I was, you know, I was going from a job where I was, you know, made a good living, but I was feeling incredibly unfulfilled. Yeah. And I really wasn't really um, doing anything that I felt to help humanity. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about it, even though I graduated from high school quite a bit ago, um, one of the accolades that I was most proud of when I graduated was I was voted most likely to change the world, which is crazy. Wow. Yeah, so um, I started thinking about that one day and was like, I'm not really doing anything to change the world. I mean, I'm I'm, 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 I'm making the helping to make the you know, the, the the board of directors and uh, the stockholders at Duke happy, right, but what right. was I doing to make me happy and, and to, to make a contribution? So on the campaign trail, I was still working at Duke, but I was like putting a lot of hours in the campaign. I mean, it was just a lot of times it was just me and PG. Because and it was just something you enjoyed? I enjoyed it. And he was a friend, you okay. know, and it was like it, it worked out. He and I were friends even before we entered into this um, political um, relationship. And knocking on doors and talking with people and engaging with people about the things that matter to them. And I'm from Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So there was just a passion that I just kind of always had for people. But it kind of got honed on the campaign trail with really listening to people. People feeling like they, you know, needed to be heard and, you know, wanted to be a—, a a political campaign that was different than Cincinnati had ever seen and engaged people in a way that we felt like they weren't being engaged and just not really being involved in politics. I knew what I didn't like about politics. Got it. And you so, were looking at it from like an outsider perspective. Absolutely. And, and, and so that's the that's what informed our campaign. What don't people want to see and what do people want to see? Like, for instance, you know, oftentimes when it's campaign time in African-American churches, you see the, you know, the, the candidates, they come and they, they talk with you about how they're going to change their community. And then after they've won or lost, you don't hear from them again. Right. And so those are things that, you know, just on layman's terms, I told PG, I don't want to see. Let's not let's not be that campaign. So even after we won, we actually um, 
you know, kept going to churches because it was important for us to, we wanted people to feel like they could relate to, you know, who they, who they elected and wanted to make a point of uh, being accessible and visible. So much so that even after we won, we went and, um, you know, usually see the people honking and doing honking waves during the campaign. But after we won, we held signs that said, thank you, Cincinnati. And we just wanted to thank them, even though we won and we'd have to campaign anymore. It was just important. And, you know, having buying ads on radio shows uh, just to say thank you and just keeping that going. That was really important for us. And I don't know. I just we, we felt like we had something good going. And then I, you know, did the crazy thing of quitting my job at Duke Energy and <laughs> going for a really, really low salary at City Hall. And it was low because um, at City Hall, they give you a, a certain amount of money per office. And PG wanted to hire me early on. And I was like, no, I think I'm going to stay at Duke Energy. By the time I changed my mind uh-huh. and I wanted, I said, you know, I'm going to just make the leap and go work at City Hall. He only had $14,000 left in his, in, his, in his budget. Yep. Mm-hmm. So our first term, a great deal of our first term, I worked for $14,000. Which comes to about $460 every two weeks. Oh, my God. Yeah, so it was That's rough. Like, but barely college money. It barely is. I had a very understanding landlord. And <laughs> thank goodness. Thank God. And, uh, you know, I haven't looked back. And it was one of those things where that was really a pivotal moment. And, you know, I think a younger me would have probably chased the money and stayed with what I was doing. But I knew, based on what had happened to me on the campaign trail, that there was more out there. There was things for me to do. And. I know I, I became inspired, and uh, yeah, that's how I kind of got from, you know, working at, you know, being going to school for international business, right. going into real estate, and it ultimately ended up in politics. So, so do you still consider your current position part of politics? It is very much so. I mean, because what I'm doing now, I've over the over the course of being in politics, I've established and developed some really good relationships and some really good um, been been able to go into doors and be in spaces that I probably wouldn't ordinarily have been in. And so, what is all what what was all that for? Why did I have those meetings? Why did I knock on those doors? Why did I talk to people? Um, so it's you know I'm one of those people where I feel like everything happens for a reason. And most of all, how can I leverage those relationships and those things that I've been able to do well and I've made a, a Pretty decent name for myself in politics. How do I leverage that, you know, on issues that I care about? How so. do you leverage your former experience? And this is for anybody, yeah, who no. has connections or contacts or networks that they feel like they could do some more stuff with. Because I kind of feel that way. I think the main thing is, I think one thing that people, and one thing I learned on the campaign trail, and even further as I worked in the politics is I'm not a transactional person. I'm really a relationship person. Mm-hmm. So I think oftentimes people will see through things that are transactional. And so I work to build meaningful relationships with people, not just, you know, can I come to your church and sit with you and talk with you for, oh, 90 minutes and I'm out. <laughs> you know, like when I'm there, like what can I do to be of service? What can I do to help? And so those, because I was able to really establish meaningful relationships, um, I, I, I don't really believe in quid pro quo at all, but that's kind of how the, the way of the world works. And so I think how, how I do business and even how PG and I conducted our campaign in our city council office was that we we went back, even though we, we had those relationships, we made sure that it wasn't all one-sided. We weren't just coming okay. to them because we need this. You know, we need to get this passed. We want, you, we want you to show up at this press conference. It was more like, what can we do for you? We want to be available to you. And we really utilized our radio shows and our offices and our names to help people further their ideas. I mean, one of the things that we did... And one of the things I'm probably most proud of is Mortar. I'm on the board of oh, Mortar, okay. Cincinnati. And yeah. 
you know, PG and I were one of the first, we were the first council office to make sure we secure funding for mortar. Oh, cool. So that was very important. That's one of the things that's kind of, you know, I'm not an elected official, one of the hallmarks of what we did. So how can we leverage these relationships to open doors? And so that's, to me, when I go, when I think about what I'm doing at Design Impact, I mean, just to give you an example, I had, um, you know, coffee a couple weeks ago with Jamie Smith, the publisher of the Business Courier, Cincinnati Business Courier. And I'm talking with Jamie, we're just catching up, it had been a while, and I'm like, oh, I'm you know, working at this firm, Design Impact, and I'm just, I'm just lighting up about it. He goes, can we get Design Impact on our show? And I didn't really think about it like that, mm-hmm. but it just, you know, that was just a relationship. And yeah, just he came knows, from the natural conversation. He did, and he knows how, when, I, when I'm passionate about something, yeah. I, I just, I go for it. <laughs> he was in. like, yeah, I'm all in. So he was like, there's something special about this firm. I, I want to know more. So I think that's the key, just for, for advice. I think you need to be more intentional and rela- focus on relationship building rather than being transactional, because, A, that's not good, and, B, B, people see right through that. Yeah, that's pretty transparent. Mm -hmm. So do you have anything that you're really excited about right now, like specific projects that you're working on that you can actually talk about? Yeah, so I'm doing a couple things. Some are related to design impact and some aren't. Uh, One one of the things I'm also very passionate about is uh, sports. Really? Sports as it relates to girls, because I'm very passionate about women in politics and passionate about women Mm -hmm. in sports. And so those two things kind of drive and give me energy. So I've been working with um, University of Cincinnati women's basketball team on um, their community engagement hmm. because I just feel like sports are one of those things where you know, everybody's not going to go pro and everybody's not going to um, you know make a million dollars. But uh, when you're 14 and 15 years old and your body is changing and you're you know you're a young woman. Um, you know, sometimes our, our self-esteem kind of... Oh, it was it was up and down you know, every day. Every, it is, because we're just like, our, you know, our bodies are doing all kind of crazy things, and we're just there like starting to... There societal expectations placed on top of that. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So um, just seeing the, the powerful vehicle that... Uh, an example that women and, and girls need. Um, you know, I thought about sports and, and how... Girls need to know, know that it's okay to sweat. It's okay to be strong. It's okay yes. to, you know, rather or it's okay to be smart and and all those things. So that's kind of where a lot of my my energy has been going too recently is working with uh, Coach Elliot and getting her around to different communities because I think she's like really dope. She's smart. Um, she's one of UConn's uh, greatest players of all time. And oh, I didn't realize that she is. And so a lot of people don't know this sister. So I've been really yeah. like again going back to leveraging relationships. You know, going to back to you know city of Cincinnati and having to speak at you know the rec centers or summer camps and going to the Boys and Girls Club and getting her in there. So how can I leverage, again, leverage those relationships to be helpful? You know, she doesn't want anything in return. There's no money. It's just like there, you have some girls or some kids that need to be reached, and they need to hear from kid, from people who come from the same places that they come from. Right. So, again, that's, again, just leveraging relationships. So that's one of the things I'm working on. And then with Design Impact, we're doing some amazing things that we'll be kind of unveiling in the months to come around civic engagement. And here in Cincinnati, we don't really have a platform where— a, people can learn more about government and what the voting process. I think a lot of times when you're in— It's po- a crapshoot, girl. It every is a crapshoot. Every time I go to the voting it booth, is. I'm like, well, here we go. Exactly. And I do my research ahead of time. I'm not just sitting there filling in boxes for nothing, but it's there's so much information. Some of it is contradictory. Sometimes it's hard to get to what the actual truth is. It feels like it's buried somewhere that I can't get to. Uh, so any additional assistance would be much appreciated. Well, you hit the nail on the head. Like I think sometimes the language is intentionally buried, mm-hmm. and for people, and it becomes totally inaccessible. And even so, sometimes when you start reading ordinances, and oh God, ordinances. there's so many yees and therefores, it just feels like am I reading a policy or am I reading Shakespeare? <laughs> right. Like is this 19? You know what years? Is this 1616 or is it 2016? So I think there's a lot of work to be done. And it's one of the things I'm working with Design Impact to do is is to create more avenues where people can. 
uh, if we learn nothing from, you know, what's happening in our world right now, we have to vote and we have to get, um, you know, better, you know, vote, think, think closely, more, more closely at who we elect for judge. Who we elect for prosecutor? Because those the things local don't, people, the that local folks, your community, the people you know. Yeah, because yeah. everybody goes rah 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 about President Obama, right. and I personally, I'm a huge fan of President Obama. But you need to you need to understand what happens locally and how when you elect a prosecutor, what that means, and when you elect a judge, what does that mean? So that's what I spend um, a great deal of my time um, doing these days uh, with design impact and and kind of having that space to design um, what that looks like. And and there's a little bit of an Intentionality with getting people involved because also one thing about Cincinnati, super segregated. Yes, very much so. Everybody knows it and everybody wants to do something about it, but it's like nothing's really happening in that space. So we can kind of, as we were saying a little bit earlier, you can walk and chew gum. So not only are we going to engage people around some civic issues, be it, you know, economical or cultural or, um, you know, I don't know, political, but also to do that and bring people together intentionally around these issues and be... Oh, that's smart. You know, because I don't... If I go to the Indian Chamber of Commerce meeting, they're not going to turn me away, but there's never been a direct ask of me to come to their Chamber of Commerce right. meeting. So I think that that's... We have to kind of get kind of in that space of, yeah, it's it's one thing to be welcoming. It's another thing to be inviting. And so, we, you know, mm. trying to be intentional around that. And we're thinking about that as we're designing what we call social studies. It's kind of a oh. fun term to it because there'll be some social, be a little bit of wine and beer and snacks. But in the midst of that, really um, doing some learning and some teaching and, and make it fun. So there is a little bit of a, a play on words with social studies because yeah. it's social, you're learning, and we're going to talk about all kind of fun issues. So that'll be coming up in the fall. We're that sounds exciting. Now. I'm excited about it. And when I just kind of put some feelers out to different groups, I mean, I'm talking to everybody from, you know, the, the Urban League Young Professionals to um, the National Advancement of Asian People, their young professionals, and I'm talking to people at LULAC, and all these people I'm talking with are really excited about this, and I'm talking to them in pockets, and I can't wait for everyone to, to get together, to get together yeah. because I, I really deep down believe that we are more alike than we are unlike. Oh, for sure. For sure, that sounds really exciting. Okay, so keep keep us posted on. I that. will for sure, definitely. <laughs> you're you're on my list of people to invite to our first event. So well, I can't you had wait. that event at uh, at uh, Myrtle's Punch House. Yeah, it was just like a bunch of, and you do really cool stuff like this. This is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show because you always seem to be doing things to try to bring people together, and I thought that was really cool. Uh, you put on that. It was just like a bunch of really awesome women doing interesting things who might not have ever met otherwise or at least not talked otherwise mm -hmm. you know a lot of times we'll be in the same spaces but not necessarily communicate in a way that you would with somebody who you would want to get to know yeah. um, and I thought that was really cool so I'm looking forward to like that on a grander scale which is kind of what yeah. I'm imagining with that's exactly what you're talking about that's exactly I, I just one of the things of one of, one of the uh one of the benefits of being in politics, I just know a bunch of amazing women and a bunch of amazing people who just don't know each other. Mm -hmm. Either they're, you know, they have their kids or family commitments, or maybe they worship in different places. They don't worship at all. They go to work in different places. They work in different industries. And it's not saying that they don't want to meet each other, but no. there's no opportunities to meet each other. So it was, it was like around my birthday, and I kind of was super intentional about let's just bring a bunch of women together. So while we were there, we kind of did this fun speed dating component where yeah. you had to find someone in the room you didn't know and talk to them for two minutes and then, you know, then switch. And then, you know, we left for a little bit of room at the end if you met somebody who was particularly interesting to go back and talk with them. And it was, I didn't want anybody to feel like they had to network. You didn't have to bring a business card because some people don't have business cards. Right. And sometimes when you do those networking events or business card events, if someone doesn't have one, they feel like they are not a part of 
what's going on. So, you know, we're not, I mean, if you want to become Facebook friends or you want to follow each other on Twitter, that's okay. But if you don't, that's okay also. But having those spaces where, you know, people can come together. I think so. I was having breakfast with someone recently. I didn't know that this was actually uh, a core, uh, an actual name to it. But he talked about the divinity of diversity. And that's something, yeah, he actually studied that in uh, in a seminary. Really? Yeah. And it's and when he was talking about it, I just started lighting up. Did everybody up. take that course? That's what I said. That I was like, required. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, like, I just think, like, because I know you, my life is better. Because yeah. I know these people, my life is better. And I was like, man, like. I wish that we can, like, I mean, I'm, not to, whether you believe or don't believe in God, I just wish that we could take all those principles of what he was talking about, and can we teach that to everybody? Because when you start learning about different people, um, if you if you know someone who is Muslim or if you know someone who is different from you um, because relationship is created, you're less apt to not only say something crazy, but you're also more apt if you hear someone saying some, something that's nonsensical, you'll stop them and say, yo, you know, I have a friend who, um, you know, is Muslim or I have a friend who's from Mason or I have a friend who is from <laughs> Oleron and they don't act like that. You know, that's not how they are, uh-huh. you know. And so that's to me, if, if we just, if everything is, so many things are predicated on relationships, but if we just get to know each other a little bit more, uh, it just makes the world better, I you agree. know. I agree. You're, you're good fun. at that. I know, but you're good at that too. Like I, I noticed, like you have, like you can't really put you in a like a box. Like you, you know, to me only is with these group of people. Or I cannot Justin. be boxed in. Absolutely, <laughs> that, and that's kind of my draw to you. I just kind of see you, like you know, I, I, we we pop up and see each other at all kind of different just events, random, and I love it. Yeah, you know, because that's how you take in life. That is true. You know, <laughs> if you if just always with this group of people, and that's cool. I'm not knocking that, but you know, just try to diversify a little bit. And stretch. Exactly, it's almost like traveling, where the more you explore, the more your mind expands yeah. the more different types of people you know the more your mind expands exactly emotionally and intellectually yep. so speaking of expanding our minds uh i've been trying to take time to appreciate the small moments of joy um which has been it's it's been a little bit of a struggle over the past week or so uh but today i was walking i took a little like walk through Washington Park just as mm-hmm. a break just to get some sunshine and it was mm-hmm. hot as a mofo <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was watching the little kids in the spray ground and seriously contemplating <laughs> putting a foot in an arm or something you, you, you dip a toe in there I might have put my fingers in <laughs> I might have <laughs> you can either confirm nor deny that you ran through the spray which body parts were indeed a part of the spray ground <laughs> Uh, but this guy came, some guy came up to me and he was, he was registering voters. Mm-hmm. So he like, some random dude asked me, had I re- been registered to voter and had I moved since the last election, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Just FYI, I'm on point with all my, vo- my voting stuff. Uh, but for whatever I was thinking, I think I was like Snapchatting at the time. So mm-hmm. he was like, I'm sorry to interrupt your snap. And he was like, but let me show you this game. And he breaks out his phone, and he's like, okay, so now if you look over here, you can see whatever this little Kikamukachu Pokemon thing was. <laughs> I, I need to, what, what was it called? <laughs> I need to say that one more time for me. Actually, it was a Kikamukachu. <laughs> I'm writing this You down. thought I wasn't going to write it. I know. I'm like, you? what yeah. is that? Okay. Uh-huh. That's dope. So he was showing me how to play Pokemon Go for like a good five minutes, and it was super interesting. Now, I'm not going to download it because I don't have any room on my phone because I have a very old phone, so (laughs) I have to upgrade before I can play fun games. But it was just a cool way to, like you were saying, connect Mm -hmm. with somebody who I would not have really talked to otherwise, and I learned a cool new thing. That's awesome. Yeah. That's super cool. What about you? Have you had any any recent moments that... uh, 
brought you joy? Yeah. So, like, last month in June, we did this fun thing where we did, like, just encourage a few of my friends, and they kind of expanded into this thing. We did 30 miles in 30 days. 30 it's, miles? So, yeah, 30, we had to complete 30 miles in 30 days. You okay. can do whatever, you know, however you want to do my, a one mile a day, or you you break it up, you know, your, it's, you know, self-accountability, however you want to do it. So we started looking at July and, like, man, what can we do in July? You know, what can we do? So we started this, like, this fun thing is say hi in July. So it's just whenever um, we want you to, like, the hashtag. And just, like, the goal was to ask people every day to, to pick three people that you didn't know and say hello or good morning. He's on an elevator or on their walk to work or just three tr- strangers, you know, during the course of the day. And so, and if you, anything fun or interesting happened during the course of the conversation, like, you know, put on social media and just, you know, share the hashtag. And someone that I work with um, recently told me that, um, She's from Philadelphia, and she saw someone either in line at the coffee shop or somewhere with a Philadelphia Phillies hat on, and she thought, okay, this is my opportunity to say hi <laughs> in July. Yeah. And she started talking to him, and she's, you know, had a really pleasant conversation. And I had a couple of different um, people come up to me and, and share with me their say hi in July stories. And so I, it was just really cool to, to, you know, I just want to engage people in different ways. Yeah. And that was just something I just thought of just because— People, we don't say hi a lot, or sometimes we see someone with their heads down, or oftentimes if we say hi to people, there's like a little bit of reaction because they're not used to it. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. I, I just, those, those stories of people coming up to me and, and sharing with me, you know, things that happened to them would say hi in July. Say hi, um, I like that. You know, so if I search the hashtag, will I actually find stuff? You will find some okay. things. Um, but it's just, you know, people are people. Someone shared with me on Twitter. She had her new baby with her, and she said that she was, you know, her baby was a good conversation piece, and she hashtag say hi in July. as <laughs> a, a good pro- conversation piece. Prof- you know, at, at a, she's a professor at UC, and I was like, that's the cutest conversation piece I've ever, Aww. you know, I've ever seen. <laughs> so those things bring me joy because I love seeing people who wouldn't ordinarily interact with each other. Just interact. Yeah. Your life is just better because. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. I want to try it, too. You should. It's yeah. cool. Three people a day. All right. Let's you can do it. I'll see. We'll see what I can do. Uh, you're a social <laughs> butterfly. Be, you, my, yours, for me, your your challenge might be, can you limit your say hi to 30 people a day? Oh, stop. Three people a day. No. <laughs> I'd be so annoying. <laughs> Uh, so s- speaking of cool hashtags, uh, you're on the social medias. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So where can people go to find out more about you and about your work? Cool. So I am um, on Facebook. Uh, my name is Tamaya T A M A Y A Denard D E N N A R D. And then also you do the best Facebook post too. Uh, I hate scrolling through because. I see your post, and I'm like, gosh, she just said what I wanted to say, but <laughs> my brain wouldn't form the words properly in the right order. That's awesome. And then it's already got, like, a 1,000 likes. Oh. So I'm like, fine, I'll add my like, too. <laughs> so, yes, That's follow funny. Tamaya on Facebook. It's if you fun. Can. I love interacting with people on Facebook, but I'm also on Twitter at uh, T-D-E-N-N-A-R-D, and Instagram, T-E-D-E-N-N-A-R-D. So I'm not—I I downloaded Snapchat— <laughs> I did you know the same I mean? thing. Oh my god, girl! I had it on my phone for at least four months. It's it's been on my phone for like three months uh-huh, now. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I haven't really. I, I did one thing. Mm-hmm. I did. I was a mentor for a startup Cincy weekend social edition, and like did like a little bit of a thing for that. So I need to like make time doing social media becomes like a full time job because I'm trying to keep There's up with so all many the different things. platforms. Why are there so many different things? I don't know. I mean, they're fun and I love them, but also they're they're also that their time sucks. You start like. Going on Twitter, and then you're like, I'll start going to my feed, and then so, you know. At least three times a day. I pick up my phone to check my calendar. Uh, I get distracted by Instagram. I get distracted by Snapchat. I get distracted by Twitter. And I forget why I picked up my phone in the first place. Yeah. And it's like 45 minutes later, and I still haven't done what you (laughs) you, Do you know how many times people check their phone a day? 
On average. I've seen this number, and it makes me ashamed because I'm pretty sure it's it's true for me. It's kind of ridiculous. Like, I think it's, like, close to, like, 100 times a day. Yeah, and it does not surprise me at all. No, like, it's just, like, you just touch it, and it's, it's like, nothing. It's, like, an extension of your body at this point. I can't sleep. It is scary. <laughs> All right, well, thank you for coming down today. I really appreciate this it. This was fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. If you want to check out past episodes of the Creative City Podcast, head to creativecitypodcast.com. Don't forget to sign up for the mailing list so you can learn more about cool Cincinnati creatives. And we will see you next time. Bye.